Welcome to The Howl. Today's episode is unlike anything else we've ever done. This is a warning. You're about to hear the retelling of a very traumatic event. This may be difficult for some people to hear. We do not want to cause anyone harm by listening to our podcast. So if at any time you feel uncomfortable, stop listening. This is a story of a victim of sexual assault, a student from our school. We disguised her voice to protect her identity, and for our story today, we will refer to her as Jane. According to the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, or rain. Every 73 seconds, someone is sexually assaulted in the United States. And every nine minutes, that victim is a child. Meanwhile, only five out of every 1,000 perpetrators will end up in jail. So what is sexual assault and how is it different from sexual harassment? According to the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, sexual harassment is unwanted sexual advances that can be verbal, behavioral, or physical conduct of sexual nature. Things like sexual jokes and comments, hurtful name-calling, unwanted touching, sexting, or sending nude pictures to someone. On the other hand, sexual assault is physical contact used against someone who is unable to give consent, and often it involves force. Both are illegal. Sexual assault is automatically a felony crime. Most of the time, 2 to 20 years in prison. Even if it's just fondling. That's Sergeant Bill Davis, a 36-year veteran of the Beaumont, Texas Police Department. He spent 20 years with the Juvenile Division and the Sex Crimes Unit specializing in child abuse and sex crime investigations. Sexual assault can happen to anyone, but according to Rain, a majority of the time, young people are the victims and it happens more often to women than men. Sergeant, what are the top places sexual assault takes place? Home on the job or at school in jane's case it happened at school As I was told, because I was like scared, so I didn't know how to react. He took me to that place, and and so he just, you know, he just started doing his stuff. I kept telling him to stop. He kept saying, "You like this?" And I was like, "No, I don't. Just let me go." He didn't stop until he felt like it, which was like after five minutes of me begging him to stop. What do you do afterwards? I went to my first few days. I sat down. I was hurting. I couldn't walk. I waited for my friend to get there. My male friend, he he was the one who was like listening to me. Then I had this girl. She heard me talking to them. They both like they kept it quiet like a day, and like they kept trying to convince me to tell someone. I kept saying no. Um, the next day, 
the girl, she went up to the principal and she told her. And then the next day, the, the principal called me and I had the truth. Who are the perpetrators of these crimes? People that you know. People that, frankly, you trust. They utilize that trust to victimize you. I Let me give you the top seven child sexual molesters. Number one, daddy. Number two, stepdaddy. Number three, mama's boyfriend. Number four, mother. Number five, uncle. Number six, grandparent. Number seven, brother. Do you see sex trafficking anywhere in the top seven child molesters? Do you see molesters that are strangers? This has happened with COVID. People have had to stay home and do virtual learning. So when they have to stay home and do virtual learning, who are they with? The alleged perpetrator, if there is sexual abuse in that home, and it's a huge issue. People need, need to realize that if they're a victim, it's not going away. It will never go away. It will affect your life forever. So what do you do? How do you combat it? Do you want to be a victim forever? Because if you don't get any professional help, that's what you'll become. I'm therapy every week. Let me give you a story. I was at a school west of Dallas. There were six or eight young people after the program wanted to ask me questions. And they asked me their question one by one. Finally, there was a beautiful young lady still sitting, and she was the last one in the auditorium besides me. And I said, okay, what's your question? And all of a sudden, she broke down, bawling her eyes out. I was sitting on the stage. I hopped down real quick. I sat down beside her. She threw her arms around my neck and bawled her eyes out. I let her cry. When she finally eased up on her crying, she said, it's my fault. It was my fault. I said, let's talk about it. Come to find out the weekend before she had been with friends. One of those so-called friends had put some drugs in her drink. And they tried to rape her. She was able to fight them off, but it traumatized her greatly. She was telling me this story, and I said, you need to go to the police. No, no, they'll think bad of me. I said, no, they won't. You need to go tell them your story. And if you think you're the only one this particular guy has done that to, you're dead wrong. You're just one of a number of victims. I gave her my phone number. I finished doing the programs at that school district that day, and I'm driving home. My phone rings, and it's her. Sergeant Davis, Sergeant Davis, guess what? Guess what? I said, wait a minute. Is this the same girl that was crying on my shoulder today? And she went, no, sir, it's not. I'm a different person. I said, what did you do? She 
She said, I went to the police department. I told them what happened. I told them who the suspect was, and they said, thank you so much for coming forward. We've been waiting for someone like you because this guy has been a suspect and doing the same thing to numerous girls. No one would speak out. Thank you for speaking out. We're going to arrest him right now. A whole nother girl. That young lady who was so victimized suddenly became a survivor because she found someone who would listen to her and believe her. That's the case with many situations. It is not going away. But that young lady became an overcomer because she found people who would help her. Remember our victim, Jane? Do you still have dark often as I used to before. If you would have asked me this a month and a half ago, I would say, yeah, I get flashbacks and I have dark days every single day. But lately, I don't really get dark days like that anymore. And hopefully, and hopefully it says that way. So when those dark days come, how do you... I either call my friend, my close friend, or stay in my room and cry. If neither one of those help, then I just call my therapist, I go see her, and she just helped me get through it. What will you tell someone who has been through what you've been through? Talk to someone. Tell someone what happened. It will get some help. It will benefit you. Even though it is hard to tell someone, it's worth it. You're not alone. And you need to get some help. It's not going away. Go to someone that you trust and tell them what the heck has happened. Don't hold it in. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Howl. We'd like to thank Sergeant Davis for his time, and we want to thank Jane for having the courage to speak out and share her story, which will undoubtedly help someone else. If you or someone you know may have been sexually assaulted, we'd like to provide you with some important information. If you were 16 or younger when this happened, you are or were legally unable to give consent. Therefore, what happened to you is a crime. Tell someone. Report it to the police. A police report can facilitate free therapy for you that's funded by the Texas Crime Victim Compensation Fund. You'll need an exam, and you need to know if you've been given an STD or if you've been injured. The first step is the most important one, so please speak out. You can also call the local Crisis Center hotline anytime, day or night, at 409-832-6530. That's 409-832-6530.